Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 100. I wanted to quickly point out before we get started that we had some audio issues back in episode number 106 last Wednesday. Thank you to everyone who pointed it out to us. Um, apparently there was some audio missing on some of the corrupted files. I'm not sure what happened. Our file was fine, but apparently when it published it, something happened. So we apologize for that. Uh, we always pride ourselves in trying to bring the best audio experience to you guys. So I re-uploaded it. So if you want to go back and hear it now, hopefully it is fixed. And again, we apologize for that. So Catherine, go ahead and introduce our guest today. So today we are really excited to be talking to our friend Shannon, who you probably know better as Dole Whipper on Instagram. And today our episode is going to be a little different because this is the first time that we're actually talking to someone who has kind of a more mission-based platform. So she really focuses on giving back to such a great cause that we're going to get into here in just a second. And in addition to that, we're also going to be talking to Shannon about some of her tips and tricks for the park, especially for some of those, some of you um, who might have food allergies or gluten-free diets. So we're super excited to talk to Shannon. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to her so she can introduce herself. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited. Um, I am Shannon. I'm Dole Whipper on Instagram and on Twitter. And I am a gluten-free Disney mom. I am a uh, Central Floridian and I go to the parks weekly. And usually with my two, almost three-year-old daughter. And we uh, just love having a blast over there. Um, something that you wouldn't know, uh, looking at my accounts is that I have been a concierge in Orlando for over 10 years. And that is kind of one of the reasons why I kind of came into the Disney community in the first place. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So Catherine's sister was a concierge for a little while. Yeah, um, at a Disney at the, hotel. At a Disney resort. So mm-hmm. we definitely understand that Fun. world. But that's that would probably be even more interesting just being in the Orlando area because then you can talk about everything. Everything. Yes. So I was hanging out um, in the beginning of, I guess you could say, my hospitality career uh, on the other side of magic, if you will, <laughs> um, and and over with those hotels over at Universal. And then I transitioned to a few other Orlando area hotels. So right now I'm stationed, um, not at a, I'm not a cast member, but I am on the Disney property. So I do get that magic every day, which is awesome. Ooh, fun. Oh, neat. Yeah. And then when you go to the parks, it's just research. <laughs> exactly. Strictly exactly. business. It can be. Um, my guests that I talk to expect me to kind of know everything that's going on uh, in the Disney community, um, as well as the other parks. So um, it's fun and it's work. So I really, I really do love my job. I'm kind of blessed in that aspect. Of course, we always love guests because we are guests, but from, I'm sure we could have an entire episode of wacky and crazy questions that you've received. I say just crazy stories. But we can save that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. There are there are some interesting people in the world, and I don't ask questions on on why their requests are. I just nod and say, absolutely, let me go ahead and get that for you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so to kind of set the scene for everything, we're going to start with, you know, what is your Disney story? And then how did it, you know, grow over time and lead into you starting these Disney-inspired accounts? Absolutely. So um, I am uh, a Disney lady who was raised by another crazy Disney lady. Uh, My mom loved the parks. I grew up in South Florida, so we were a quick drive. Um, And she always just resorted to, you know, coming up even for a day. She was kind of a little kooky and would um, had the energy of of probably my toddler. Um, And she would pack us up, me and my sister, and drive up 
you know, at five o'clock in the morning, be at the parks all day, rope drop to fireworks and then drive all the way back down to Miami in the same day. Um, so I kind of got the Disney love from her, uh, when it was time for me to, to kind of move out and, and go to college, I chose, um, UCF just because it was close enough to home, but it wasn't too close. And I had Disney in my backyard and I thought, you know, this is what I want to be able to do on my, uh, on my days off and my time off. I wasn't really into, you know, most, you know, 20, 21 year old, you know, kind of crazy college bar scene. Um, I have had more fun, you know, going over to Magic Kingdom and that's kind of what I did. Mm-hmm. I love that. Did you ever do the college program since you were so close? I didn't um, just because I had a lot of friends that had done it that were, you know, from out of state. Um, And at that point, once I had changed my major, because at first I was going to be um, going into education and then I switched over to hospitality. Once I switched over to hospitality, I was able to land that concierge gig um, with the other side of magic. So, (laughs) yeah. That's great. Well, that is fun. So, of course, one of the big things that you have going on in your life right now is the Every Ride Challenge. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But you mentioned it Mm -hmm. in your intro about that you are gluten-free. And that is something that you are focused on on your accounts. So can you just explain a little bit on why it is important to you to share those kind of things with the community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So when I started my Instagram, it was mainly because I was having guests that were just almost encouraging me to to get my knowledge out there um, since I do go so often. And one of the things that I always um, had issues with, you know, about 10 years ago was trying to find food in places where I could eat. And at the time, my boyfriend, now my husband, where he can get a great pizza, but I can get a pizza that didn't taste like cardboard. Um, And so I realized quickly that Walt Disney World was a mecca for people with allergies and with different dietary needs. And I that's one of the many reasons why I love Disney. Um, Just knowing that I can go and have a fantastic meal and not be scared about getting sick the next day. And I like sharing that and and showing people that, yes, you can have churros that are gluten-free at Animal Kingdom, and they're fantastic and phenomenal, and people wouldn't be able to tell the difference that they weren't gluten-free. You know, it's, you know, that and knowing that some of the favorite snacks that you already have are, you know, dairy-free and gluten-free. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I love Dole Whip is because for a short time I had to go dairy-free and there was nothing in the parts that were gluten-free and dairy-free in my mind until I found Dole Whip. And so that's kind of how I came, became Dole Whipper because that was my, I always had a Dole Whip in my hand. Dole Whip saves everything. Yeah, it saves the day. Well, that's so fun. I like that connection between, you know, like your personal history and, you know, it's a clever name and obviously everyone Mm -hmm. else seems to love Dole Whip. Yeah. So that's fun. And I think that's really great that you are sharing your knowledge because, I mean, we're lucky enough to not have any kind of food restrictions, Mm -hmm. but I can imagine if you were traveling and if it's your first time going to Disney, that is a huge concern for people. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going down to uh, visit my family in South Florida this weekend, and we're going to a birthday party. And I was just told that there's going to be regular pizza served. So I'm going to have to try and figure out where I'm going to be getting some lunch. So, you know, knowing that you can go to Walt Disney World, and you don't really have to worry about that. You don't have to make any special accommodations. It's one less huge thing to take off of your shoulders. And I, I just love talking about it and all of the new snacks and things that are inclusive to to people with allergies. So something that I'm very interested in, I know you mentioned churros a second ago, mm-hmm. but what are some of the other just most surprising food items that are gluten-free? Absolutely. Um, so the popcorn is vegan. So it's gluten-free and vegan. Um, the I want to say everything except for 
the ice cream sandwiches is gluten-free from all of the, um, like a frozen snack cart. So Mickey mm-hmm. premiums, um, all the popsicles, uh, you know, things like that. Um, Dole whips are gluten-free and all of the different varieties of Dole whip. Um, there are a couple of the extra add-ons that are not gluten-free, like on the Hey Hey cone, you can't have the little, um, oh, what do they call it? The, like the sour rope mm-hmm. that has gluten in it. So you can't have that. And of course you can't eat the cone. Um, but you can always get anything that comes like in a cone, you can always have them put it in a cup. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, don't even think about that. They think, oh, it's on a cone. I can't eat it. Well, they're extremely accommodating. So, you know, ask them to put it in a cup. What else? The the gluten-free churros completely changed my life, mm-hmm. honestly, over in Animal Kingdom. You can only find them at Nomad Lounge um, attached to Tiffin's. And they are not dairy-free, unfortunately, but they are gluten-free and they taste phenomenal. And they come with two dipping sauces. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I think the only thing that Disney has not, done gluten-free yet or figured out how to do yet are the pretzels and I will tell you I miss a good solid warm pretzel every day (laughs) (laughs) I I miss pretzels so much um you know with mustard oh my goodness that was I would love those when I was growing up um but that's probably the only thing really that I can think of because they have really great cupcakes and um, donuts and desserts over at Erin uh, McKenna's Bakery in Disney Springs. And all of her stuff is gluten-free and vegan. Um, and yeah, and they carry some of her things in a lot of the um, more deluxe resorts. So you can find things at Polynesian and things like that. It's just so amazing on how accommodating Disney is. Not only to food restrictions, but I actually was reading on a Facebook group the other day where this mom was taking her daughter that she had just recently adopted from China, and (laughs) she was working on her English, but obviously she was much more comfortable reading in Mandarin and speaking in Mandarin. And -hmm. people were saying, oh, you can just go to the app and change your language and you know, I, I think they ended up not having Mandarin, but they found other workarounds where Disney was working with her to make sure that her daughter could read everything and understand exactly what she was ordering. So it really is just amazing how many things they're they're able to think of and how far Disney will go to make sure that you're comfortable. I love that. It's so it's it's accommodating and it just ends up making you want to keep going back because I know even me as a local, it's so much easier for me and my family to have some of our big celebration dinners at Disney. You know, me and my husband having date nights at Disney, not only because we love Disney, but also because I know I don't have to worry about anything. I'll be able to eat great food, you know, and have a dessert and, you know, not be left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love all that. I think that is wonderful work that you're doing over there. But I wanted to, before we move on to the Every Ride Challenge, something mm-hmm. that is sort of a secret, and I hope <laughs> I hope we're not spoiling it, but <laughs> pounding the app. I know you've shared yeah. in your stories before on what yeah. that is. We are new to it. We've not had success in it yet, mainly because I'm too much of a planner. So I always book yeah, 60 yeah. days out or 30 days <laughs> yeah. out. But I know it's kind of a a last minute deal. So can you explain how that works to our listeners? Absolutely. So a pound the app is my go to for everything. And you can do this even when you're with planning because, you know, we only are getting these three fast passes in advance and you're going to want to do more than that anyway. Um, So you can totally use pounding the app, you know, to supplement you know, after you're done with those three fast passes. Um, So pounding the app is literally when you are searching for certain fast passes on the top where it says search by time, you are just tapping every single solitary time going through. Uh, I don't know why and I don't know how, but different availability will pop up. And I have two theories on probably why Disney does this. The first thing is um, I think that, of course, Disney wants you to spend more money in their parks. So if you search by time in the morning, Mickey might show you availability in the evening or later afternoon. 
And then the opposite will happen. If you look for in the afternoon or evening search by times, it'll show you things in the morning to try and get you to the parks earlier. So that's one of the reasons um, that I think that he will only show you certain availability in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, um, what I really love about this new Fast Pass Plus system is the fact that there is no longer, once there's a certain amount of Fast Passes, you know, out, that's it. That's kind of how it was like with the with the paper Fast Passes, you know, like once they were gone, they were gone. Mm-hmm. And now um, Disney and Mickey are able to kind of use Fast Pass like a crowd control. So if they see that there's a ton of people over in Frontierland and Adventureland, nobody in Tomorrowland, they can release same day Fast Passes over in Tomorrowland and drive people over to that side of the park. And Disney is constantly adding and sometimes I think, you know, reducing the amount of fast passes, I think, during the day. Um, and you can totally use that to your advantage. So you can go and people are also changing their fast passes. You know, they're canceling them and modifying them. So you can go on the app during the day. I don't know how or why. Usually around 10 a.m. I have some good luck. Um, but I will get Peter Pan. I will get Slinky Dog. I will get Flight of Passage. Uh, all same day fast passes just by going up at the top, going by the search by times and just tapping every single solitary time. And sometimes I do have to sit there for a few minutes doing this. Um, I think one time I did it for a solid five minutes, um, but I ended up getting flight of passage and tapping that app for five minutes was so worth not waiting in that two and a half hour line. So <laughs> Um, I, I always suggest it to everyone. Most people give up after they look a couple times and that's, I think why people aren't finding them. Mm-hmm. I've heard <laughs> that it is wonderful that if you have, cause nowadays a lot of kids are obsessed with phones and that's what <laughs> I imagine. I'm just going to give it to my niece when she gets yep. a little bit older. Her. <laughs> all right. Keep pounding until you see yep. this picture pop up. I mean, so that's yep. a, that could be a good game. Be, yeah. I was going to say yep. like a, past the time game yeah exactly i mean i've even been in a line before knowing that i wanted to go on space mountain and i was like you know what let me just go ahead and start pounding the app and see if i can get a space mountain and lo and behold we got one and it was within like a 10 minute time so we just got out of the line wow (laughs) yeah yeah, I heard a story about someone the other day doing it, and they were in the line for Flight of Passage, and they're like, I don't yep. want to wait in this. So they found <laughs> one, exited out, and they went right back into the Fast Pass queue. Definitely. Yeah, I did it for my for my husband. He wanted to ride it for Father's Day. That's what he wanted for Father's Day was to ride Flight of Passage. <laughs> and um, and he's like, but, but honey, you have to get a Fast Pass. I'm not waiting in that line. And I said, don't worry, don't worry. And days leading up, he was like, did you get that Fast Pass yet? And I said, no, but you know that I have the best luck the day of and sure enough we got to animal kingdom it was nine o'clock in the morning and i said oh look we're gonna go on the safari at 9 a.m and then you have your flight of passage at 10 5 mm. man we just need to follow you around all day <laughs> if you have good luck because i don't whew. we'll eat all the snacks and we'll do all there the rides yeah i love it let's do it <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of rides yeah. Before we jump into your specific experiences with it, because we know you did it last year, and then you have um, a run, I guess is what we're calling it, coming up. We <laughs> yeah. talked about it off air. But the Every Ride Challenge, if you could just give our listeners a brief overview of what it is and what the relationship it is with the Give the Kids the Rise and, and Give the Kids the World organizations. Sure, absolutely. Um, So... Uh, Last year in June, there was a group of people that were doing a uh, ride challenge um, by the Parkeology Boys, who they are their own blog and they have their own uh, community where they do an every ride challenge. And so it's just that, trying to do every single ride in Walt Disney World without or Disneyland um, without any kind of extra help, you know, just regular fast passes getting to the parks, you know, early, staying all night, you know, rope, definitely rope drop to fireworks and then some, uh, being able to utilize uh, the extra magic hours. Um, but what had happened was this big group of people saw 
that there were going to be no refurbishments going on during the summertime. And they were super excited. They were going to be able to do literally every single ride. And it would count for a full experience. But uh, Disney ended up announcing that the um, that the riverboat, that the Liberty Square boat, was going to be extended in refurbishment. And a ton of people had thought, oh, we're not going to go ahead and do this. Or, oh, no, like, this is not going to be as exciting because it's not going to be the full experience. And, you know, a couple of um, benefactors decided, let's go ahead and create, you know, a charity to go along with this. Let's do a charity kind of challenge, raise money. Let's uh, do something for Give Kids the World, which is a phenomenal uh, resort over in Kissimmee that pretty much um, is the hosts of many Make-A-Wish families. So you don't really, you can't stay there at Give Kids the World. Um, you can just uh, only kind of be hosted there um, for some kind of, um, you know, wish kind of organization and things like that. So they um, are able to do that for uh, critic people with uh, children with critically ill uh illnesses i'm trying to think <laughs> the right mm-hmm. word um so they decided in last year that they were going to start doing this and they ended up raising um almost sixty thousand dollars for give kids the world and so they called it give kids the rides and it was just uh, it was a hit everyone loved doing it everyone loved being able to raise money for give kids the world so they decided, let's keep this going. Let's do this into, you know, 2019. Let's see how far we can take this. And right now they have a goal of $100,000 for Give Kids the World. Do you know how much money they've raised up to this point? Or do they wait until like the end of the year to announce it? No, you can go on to their page and you can see how far they've come. Um, as of right now, they have raised um, almost 26000 so about a quarter of their goal. Um, the majority of the people that want to go ahead and start doing these challenges, because they have now th- um, four different kinds of challenges because they wanted to be very inclusive, they have a um, an every ride challenge for just every ride. They have an every ride toddler challenge. Um, They have an every kids ride challenge. They have an every teen ride challenge. And they also have a ride 100 rides challenge, which can just be any rides you want to do. But you just have to ride at least 100 rides in a day. Mm. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> Man. That's the one that I really want to do. I want to try and do 100 rides in a day at least. Can you? And so I guess you would you would be able to repeat rides on that challenge, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, if I'm going to do that one, I plan on doing the big, you know, every ride challenge again. Um, but for the ride 100 challenge, I have a feeling I'm going to be on Mad Tea Party all day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Mad Tea Party and like the Grand Fiesta Tour or something. Exactly. Just like- yeah. Yeah. So obviously, since fundraising is the idea with it, can you yeah. share kind of because I know it's a lot of sponsorship opportunities or you can just give money straight to the organization, yeah. I believe. How yeah. can our listeners do that if they want to get involved? So right now it's in my Instagram bio um, as well as on my Twitter. Um, my t- you do need to tweet your day when you do one of these challenges. And so if you were to go on to my Twitter feed, you will see that that's all that it really is, is um, everything pertaining to the Every Ride Challenge. I, I'm not a big uh, tweeter. I tweet, tweet. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not big on Twitter. Uh, I've never really been able to get into it personally. Um, but you have to take a picture with a timestamp every time that you go on a ride. So you'll be able to, if you wanted to see my run, you'll be able to see it right there on Twitter. Um, You don't have to go too far back. Um, But yeah, you'll be able to find that link uh, right in my bio. And we've raised it a little bit so far. I'm super excited and I'm incredibly grateful for everyone who's donated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will, of course, share that in our show notes as well, if you guys want to head over there and check that out. So you've you've mentioned before you did this challenge last year, and I know you shared it with our friends over to the Castle to Castle Adventures podcast in episode number 47. Mm -hmm. So 
if our listeners want to hear that experience, I think that would be a great resource to hear that fully out. It was yep. a lot of fun to listen to. We want to focus mm-hmm. on your upcoming run on the 24th yeah. of this month. So do you have your strategy set in stone? Are you still pounding out the details? <laughs> kind of where's your mind at right now? I am super excited. I am 99. She tells me that she's going to do it with me. So I have to still work out the details with her and hopefully I won't uh, scare her. But one of my other friends who's on Instagram as well at the Disney Dits, um, she is hopefully going to be doing it with me. And if you, um, my biggest um, kind of tip for strategizing on kind of finishing or completing the challenge is just to kind of look on Twitter and see who else have done it and, you know, see what worked for them and see what didn't work for other people. Um, I was able to complete it last year just because I almost, I didn't copy and paste what other people did, but, you know, the the way that they went into the parks and the way that they um, you know, which park order that they did, I almost kind of copied because there's only so many rides that you can do during certain hours. Um, like, for example, one ride that's going to be tripping me up um, this year that I was not planning on having to do is going to be riding uh, the Wilderness um, Express mm. over in Animal Kingdom because that was still supposed to be under refurb. But they just announced that they're going to be opening up Rafiki's Planet Watch early. So I have to figure out how to time that extra train ride um, over in, in that. And that's, you know, that's a good few minutes. It's not a quick ride to go over to Rafiki's Planet Watch and back. Mm-hmm. So will that new animation um, experience count as well or, or not as much since it's an experience? That's considered an experience, um, so that's not going to be counting as a ride. But you, um, but the the train is considered a ride. Gotcha. I, I was mm-hmm. about to say you'd be in that animation experience, and I know if it's like the one in Disneyland, people <laughs> yeah. would be like asking questions. You'd be like, "Shut up! I'm trying to get out of here." <laughs> exactly. We got to keep going. We got to keep moving. Draw <laughs> this as fast as we can. Yes. So is there a specific reason why you picked July 24th or is it just a random date? So for that particular day, um, that is a day that a lot of the other people who did it last year are going to be doing it again. Um, It is a longer park day. Um, I'm kind of holding, crossing my fingers, crossing my toes that they're going to um, extend Magic Kingdom by one hour, but also um, Wednesdays are very popular days to do it because Magic Kingdom has their extra magic hours on that day. Mm -hmm. So I'd assume most people who are doing it are going to be booking a Disney resort so they get access during those EMH hours. Exactly. Yeah. So anything that a typical Disney hotel guest has access to, you can totally have access to. So the regular fast passes and the, um, you know, EMH. Mm-hmm. So as you kind of reflect on what you did last year, what yep. are some things that you've learned that you want to like implement into this run? Um, definitely, I want to uh, kind of make sure that any rides that don't have, you know, that aren't open during EMH that I finish as soon as possible. So the rides... Um, like Splash Mountain, like Jungle Cruise, like uh, the Liberty Bell. I didn't have to do the Liberty Bell um, Riverboat last year, so that's going to be something new for me too um, since that was under refurb last year. And then any ride that is notorious for breaking down or, you know, going, you know, going down, um, just riding it as soon as possible. So one of the things that slipped me up last year was that I wasted about 45 minutes to an hour, I think an hour, um, waiting for Spaceship Earth to reopen. It went down maybe two or three minutes before I I got in the queue. Mm. And it was the last ride that I had to do before going over and finishing Epcot and going back over to Magic Kingdom for the evening. Um, And if I had rode that the first thing going into Epcot, then I wouldn't have had to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining when we went to Disneyland last October, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. had the worst luck 
Every single oh ride that we got in a queue for. It was Space Mountain. It was I, the no. worst. Yeah. So I can imagine how frustrating that would be. We were just there on a normal park day. Yeah. And we're like, come on. Yeah. But if you yeah. you're actually got places to be, then, then I can understand that. Yeah. I know. Does it ever like cross your mind? Like when something like that happens, like it's done, it's over. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't no. finish. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I was so um, appreciative of everyone that was on Twitter that was following me that day and sending me pixie dust and words of encouragement. And, um, you know, thankfully it went back up, but I was, I was almost ready to call it. And then I was very close to not being able to finish it, and I was it was the second to last ride, and I was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to Seven Dwarves for the last ride. And they were like, No, you can run, do it. <laughs> so um, I I did what every cast member doesn't want you to do, and sprinted from Peter Pan to Seven Dwarves Mine Train at twelve fifty seven in the morning. Mm. That is so awesome. Well, those same ones telling you not to sprint are the same ones that when they're on their off days, that they're the ones sprinting back (laughs) in rope drop. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, of course, the focus of all of this and kind of all the efforts are to raise money. So Mm -hmm. do you have any tips or lessons that you've learned, probably from your perspective of someone who's participating, on how are some creative ways where you can try to raise some money for, for these kids in need? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Give Kids the World is a phenomenal resort and a phenomenal village. And, and uh, in my opinion, they are the ones that create true 100% magic because it's not for, for anybody. It's not for their pocketbook. You know, it's not it's not to to help anyone else but for the kids. And to me, like that is the biggest thing. And just sharing what they do with people and how important their work is, is the biggest kind of hurdle, you know, explaining to people why they should give their hard earned money to this organization is going to be, you know, the biggest challenge. Um, So trying to make it more real for people. um, I have gone over to give kids the world, you know, on my stories and I'm going to be visiting there in a, probably next week or the week after and just kind of showing people like this is where, you know, dreams really do come true, where families are able to come and not have a worry in the world because they have their own villa and they have all the space that they need and they don't have to worry about doctor's visits or hospital visits, you know, or un, or treatments that, you know, aren't really necessary for that time. And you know, just kind of making it more real for people. And so that way they can see. Um, that's probably the biggest tip is is trying showing people why they need or why they should um, give their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that because it makes it tangible. Um, yes. Once you can see it and you can imagine it, because just in, in us doing research for this episode to chat with you, of course, we're heading to the website and, and that's immediately what goes through our mind. Like, how can we help? So I, I think yeah. that is knowledge is power and, and sharing people exactly where it's going to is is yeah. absolutely the, the best um, way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Knowing that, you know, that person's $5 is going to be going towards the ice cream that the kids are going to be having for breakfast because at that <laughs> resort, the kids can have breakfast for ice cream or ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, you know, if they want to, you know, and knowing that, you know, that 10 bucks is going to be going towards, um, you know, the new uh, shop that they just opened for the families to be able to get, you know, discounted shirts and and things that they can take home to remember their memories by and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we love that. We have loved this segment of the episode. We are think you are doing amazing work. And we hope that so Thank many you. of our listeners get involved with that. It really is using the platform that the Disney community gives us really for something that makes an impact and some good. So keep up the wonderful work. We wish you all the best and we will try to get as, as connected with it as we can as well. I was going to say, and we'll definitely be following along on the 24th to yeah, make sure definitely. keep up with, with your journey. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of us. I, I want to say that there's over 20 different teams that are going to be going on the, uh, on the 24th. So it'll be a doozy. I'm hoping there's some like some friendly competition in there. Like, <laughs> oh, like he can finish first. <laughs> yeah, there absolutely will be. I I did it with 
um, four or five other teams last year. And it was just, it was really me and this one other young lady who was a cast member. And we just were neck and neck. And she had done birth first. So the one thing that I didn't do. And so she ended up uh, finishing first, but I was the only other one to finish a second. Oh, awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. We're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back for our Fast Pass round. Besides Walt Disney World, Catherine, where would you say our favorite Disney destination is? I'd probably say Aulani in Hawaii. The food, the ambiance. Basically, imagine the perfect piece of paradise and then add Mickey to it. That's how we always describe Alani. It's everything that you need. Yeah. So you would be so surprised on how affordable Alani can be, especially if you go through the route of renting DVC points. If you try to book a cash room, you're probably going to be shocked with that price. But do yourself a favor and head to detourtoneverland.com forward slash DVC, and you can compare that. Look at it. Book some rooms. Price it out. Use their price calculator to see what it would be like to rent some DVC points and go to Elani. I promise you, you and your entire family will be completely blown away with how beautiful that resort is. So again, that's detourtoneverland.com forward slash DVC. Perfect. So we're back. So Shannon, we are going to just throw out these Disney topics. And if you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Sure. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you visited. I visited all of the parks in the U.S. So uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom. I visited the two water parks and ESPN, um, Wide World of Sports. I have visited over at uh, California Adventure and Disneyland. So of all of those individual parks, which one is your favorite <laughs> and why? Um, my personal favorite, if I'm just going on my own, is going to be Animal Kingdom. Um, to me, Animal Kingdom is the most visually um, amazing and the amount of detail. And I might just end up being like a Joe Rody fangirl. I just love <laughs> everything that Joe Rody does. Um, I, I love Animal Kingdom. I think it has some of the best food. Um, ironically, I don't visit that park the most. I probably end up visiting Epcot more just because I love the festivals. Um but as a whole, definitely Animal Kingdom. I don't know if it's just like us exploring more, but Animal Kingdom has some of the most underrated food out of Absolutely. anywhere. They have 100%. really, I guess they've improved it or we just discovered more things. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a mix of, it might be a mix of both because uh, they've definitely improved. Um, but I think word is getting out on where some of the great food is. Mm -hmm, for sure. So thinking of just any Disney trip that you could ever take, what would be your Disney bucket list trip? So listening to you guys, I know that everyone says Disney Tokyo Sea, <laughs> but I was thinking about it if I was ever asked this question, because it's a great question. Um, and I think I would end up, because it's a bucket list and money doesn't count um, in bucket list trips. So I think I would do the World of Dreams tour. At, at, Dis, at uh, Walt Disney World, which is that crazy 12-hour, like, no-holds-bar, everything is included. You get to go check out the Cinderella Suite. It's a 12-hour tour. And I would do that during Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. So I would be able to eat and drink anything that I wanted and then go over to um, the Party for the Fences party. Mm -hmm. I remember when they released that, Catherine, yeah, your sister was still in VIP tours and she was explaining that to us. Uh -huh. And like the list just kept going on and on and on <laughs> of everything that was included. And like our jaws were completely on the floor. Yeah. So that's totally a bucket list item for me. I still haven't been able to do it yet. That would be so much fun. That would be awesome. Yeah. So next one would be your favorite Disney resort. And of course, since you're a local, it doesn't <laughs> necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Yeah. Um, it's It's kind of... A tie between Wilderness Lodge and Animal Kingdom Lodge. I love the food at Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, but the the vibe, probably maybe Wilderness Lodge a little bit more. They're both great to me. Notice some similar 
theming there a little bit. Yeah, it gives yeah. you that like warm, cozy kind of feeling. Yeah. Definitely. It's not. It's not like a Florida, like a beach vibe. No, yeah. no, I get that enough. <laughs> so this next one might involve some strategy, but if you could only mm-hmm. fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would yeah. it be? Um, it would have to be uh, Tower of Terror. It's my favorite ride, Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. So when you went to DCA, did you did they have yeah. um, Mission Breakout when you were there? They did have Mission Breakout, and I and loved it i thought it was like a party i love that ride that is a great great ride i don't know if i like it more than tower of terror it's just a totally different ride to me yeah i would agree i i like how it is i like one of each i like that yeah it's, it's not copied on either side yeah and no. i think like we said like the music totally mm-hmm. makes that ride mm-hmm. absolutely i mean they they pretty much took everything that could be suspenseful and scary of tower of terror and they made it a party yeah we got Elvis burning love yeah. last time, but I feel like there's potential to have even more fun songs if we do do it again. Yeah. So next one, sticking with rides, which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment? Exit or refurb? Um, I'd probably say, and it is going to be getting a refurb, um, is going to be Spaceship Earth. I might be still a little bit better by how often it goes you know, under, but, (laughs) um, that I love that ride. I love spaceship earth. It's such a chill ride, but it has so much more potential. I feel like the Phoenicians, you know, they need to do more by the Phoenicians. Yeah. (laughs) Last couple of times, the video hasn't worked for us either. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Like our, our, I don't know if we just have weird shaped heads or something, but they (laughs) never crops us correctly. Oh, man. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's an us thing. I don't know if anyone else has that problem. (laughs) Yeah. So this next question is actually a new question that we just decided Mm -hmm. to throw in here for fun. Okay. Um, But it's what land or area of the parks brings you the most inspiration? Most inspiration. Oh, my word. Okay. Um. Probably still, well, you know what? The most inspiration, I would probably have to say um, the American Pavilion when I'm watching the Voices of Liberty. When I watch the Voices of Liberty in the American Pavilion show, like, I feel like I can do anything after watching those uh, people sing. Like, that whole area is just such a, a remarkable, underrated pavilion to me. Mm, that is a good answer. I will say it's probably one that a lot of people skip, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. It, Definitely. I really want to go during Christmas time to hear him sing Christmas carols. Oh, they're wonderful. And then, you know, during the 4th of July times, you know, and, and during, you know, Independence Day and any kind of you know, Veterans Day, Labor Day, you know, their patriotic songs just like totally get you to the heart and to the core. Mm, that's a good answer. That's a good Thanks. answer. So next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Well, I think that might be kind of obvious <laughs> with my Dole Whip. Um, so I, Dole Whip, obviously. I love Dole Whip floats. Um, and then secondly is probably a spiked Dole Whip float. Uh, and then just regular Dole Whip after that. And then if it's not Dole Whip, then um, probably the churros. The churros are the bomb over at Animal Kingdom. Mm. Good choices. Yeah. We've, have we ever had like the spiked Dole Whip? I don't think we have. We're missing out. We have well, not. Good stuff with yeah. that coconut rum. It's it's good to go. Or now they have even the, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the name of it, but the it's almost like a um captain morgan and um and the pineapple over at the polynesian resort and then they also have the lime margarita dole whip over at the polynesian resort too yeah that is at the top of my list when we go in october it is good stuff well the day that we're recording this it'll be irrelevant (laughs) by the time this drops but the 626 Dole Whip. Did you see that today? I did. I so have cute. Not, oh my goodness. I was at work today and it was my it was my Friday, if you will, being in hospitality. Mm. Um so it was a little crazy. I need to go check it out. Yeah, there was, was so quite cute. the line at the Polynesian to pick it up. Yeah. But it, it was so cute. <laughs> oh. 
So sticking with food, what is your favorite table service restaurant and your favorite quick service restaurant? Um, both are in Animal Kingdom. I love the Nomad Lounge. Tiffin's is great. It's phenomenal. Um, it's just, it's just a little bit too out of my price range to, for it to probably be like my absolute favorite. Cause I can't go there all the time. Um, but the nomad lounge, I'm always, I, I have to stop by there. And then, um, for quick service, definitely Satuli Canteen. Ooh, yeah. Correct. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they have, they have phenomenal, um, you know, food already, but the amount of food that can be gluten-free and dairy-free and soy-free is just, it, it's great. It, I don't have to worry about having to modify a million things. Um, Animal Kingdom, I find they have just amazing offerings, especially for allergies. And I know I've mentioned it a thousand times on this on this podcast, but <laughs> there's such a good feeling about knowing walking in a Satuli, you're going yep. to get a table, no matter how yep. busy it is. <laughs> There's going to be that lady blocking the gate that's not letting you sit down without your food. There's That's just the best feeling in the world. It's yeah. perfect. Then you can sit and hopefully air conditioning and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, yes. So next one would be your favorite Disney movie. Favorite Disney movie, 100% Toy Story, the original. Oh, so have you seen four? I have, and I have a lot of feelings. Uh, we haven't <laughs> seen it yet. We're bad Disney fans. We haven't seen it, it yet. It's okay. I, I feel like it's created a divide in the community for those who have watched it. <laughs> Either they love it or they really don't like it. And I am I am in the camp of, I don't know, I don't really like it, I think. Mm. There sis- were parts of it that I liked, but as like a whole and part of, it, as part of the uh, Toy Story, you know, realm um, with the other three movies, I, to me personally, it didn't live up uh, to the other three. My sister gave kind of a similar review. Yeah, when I talked I to have, her. I have another really good Disney friend though that loved it. Like she loved Bo. She loved everything that Bo stood for and everything that Bo did, and it was girl power. And I agree that like Bo is total girl power in that movie. Um, but just a couple of the directions that they took it, I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to watch it and and let me know what you think. Hopefully soon. Yes. Yes. Like, absolutely. Like tomorrow at the drive-in with our dogs. Oh Do it. <laughs> Catherine is convinced that we should take our dogs to the drive-in theater. I think that sounds like the worst possible idea of all time. I mean, that's kind of like me. I, I didn't take my daughter to go see Toy Story because even though she is almost three, like she just can't sit through a movie she can't even sit through the frozen sing-along celebration so i mean there's no way that um that she'd be able to sit through a movie but i mean at one point i'm gonna have to take her to a movie and see what she does so Mm -hmm. maybe one point you guys are gonna have to go to the drive-in and see how your dogs do see it's it's a thing (laughs) yeah we'll see we can wait we can do that for like frozen too there you go. I know. I don't care if we leave early for that one. <laughs> I do. Aww. That's in November. They don't have the drive-in in November. <laughs> so next one would be your favorite Disney quote. It can either be from Walt himself or from any of the movies. Oh, this one. Okay, so I have um, something that I want to put on my daughter's wall or framed um, is um, have courage and be kind. Mm. That is a good one. That one from Cinderella. Um, But then I also have one. It's over on my dresser. Um, It's from Hook. It's what what Tink says, what Tinkerbell says to Peter. Um, And so this is always really, really near and dear to my heart. Um, I kind of held on to this uh, when when my dad passed. But it's what she said to Peter. Um, and she said, you know, that place between sleep and awake, that place where you can still remember dreaming, that's where I'll always love you. And that's where I'll be waiting. Mm. You were speaking my language. Hook is like one of my top three movies of all time. Oh, I love Hook. It's such a great movie. Man, we need to watch Hook tonight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> New plans. Yeah. So the last one for the Fast Pass round. Mm-hmm. Is your favorite Disney Parks memory? Favorite Disney Parks memory is going to 
um, also be with my dad, which is kind of funny just because my mom was like the Disney queen for me growing up. Um, but I took my dad when he wasn't doing too great. He was on chemo and he, I took him to Epcot, uh, because he was always big into having me, uh, you know, travel with him. So I said, well, I want to take you to different places around the world here. Let's go to Epcot. Um, and he ended up getting chosen for the the French um, street kind of impromptu show that they do, mm-hmm. and I the mime you can totally tell didn't realize you know that my dad was sick you know but had him like come up anyway, um, and it was just I have it all on video. It was great, and it really did kind of you know make a lasting kind of memory for us even though, you know, all the things that were going on, we could still go to Disney and all of that kind of wash away. Mm, that is awesome. Yeah, that yeah. is so fun. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That is such a great story. Of course. So, Shannon, our very last question for you, it's if yeah. you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, either as a content creator or start their account mm-hmm. or they maybe they want to start their own shop, what would be your advice to that person? Uh, to just go in knowing what you're good at and what you want to share with people and just be genuine, you know, show a side that you love about yourself and show it to the world and people will love you if they do, if you do it that way. Mm -hmm. I think that is wonderful advice. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think, you know, you always have to kind of put your best foot forward and I think that's always a good thing to make sure that you do, you know, from the start of your project all the way through Mm -hmm. absolutely because i think we are definitely victim to sometimes not sharing as much about ourselves being shy (laughs) and reserved and i think there's a lot of other people that we talk to that have that same thing but the more that we share like things that we're going through or things about us that you know are peculiar to us that's how we connect with other people and that's how relationships and and growth are formed so i think that's great advice absolutely yeah Well, awesome. Well, Shannon, if you could just remind our listeners one last time where they can connect with you online. Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram and at Twitter, um, at Dole Whipper. And um, you can find me especially on Twitter at Dole Whipper on July 24th. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to our listeners, really would be great if we could get some money over to Shannon's cause and, and to the Every Ride Challenge cause. It would really make it worth it for us. And, and it's really a wonderful thing that we hope you guys can be a part of. So Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for doing what you do and, and spreading awareness for this great cause. And we appreciate you coming on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.